so. We have all these things rising within us and we're demonstrating them, externalizing them, acting them out unaware. Sometimes some of us like to use what I call tools to help us. Tools like channeling, tarot cards, astrology, pretty much every paranormal gimmick or trick out there. Even religion is a tool. They're all sleights of hand. And the list is endless. And it's fine to use these tools to help demonstrate or act out what is rising within you. But just remember, every tool leaves its mark. Some more so than others. What I mean by this is, if you used a hammer to beat on a piece of metal and form a bowl, using the hammer can indeed be one way to make the metal conform to the shape you want. But the metal will also bear the marks of the hammering. And this wasn't supposed to be part of the bowl design originally. So every tool we use brings its own pollution, its own tainting. Does that mean we shouldn't use them? Well, that's up to you. I say, use them if you need to. Stop using them when you don't. It's up to you. But it does mean that when we use a tool, we have a new responsibility. We should be acutely aware of the byproducts that the tool adds, the resulting marks of the tool, because these marks are not actually a part of this that you brought forward. So we must look past these marks to see the truth unpolluted by the hand of man. And you must always be aware of this if you choose to use tools. Now everyone is always interested in specifically how we can manifest and how we can affect things in our lives. There are three things that need to be updated in our mind before we can really begin to manifest directly and intentionally. And I'm not talking about just finding a better job or making your life more pleasant. Not that type of manifesting. Those things are somewhat open-ended. I'm talking about really making specific things happen. Things that bend and break rules. Things that would be called miraculous. I did not find what I'm about to tell you by reading about it because Though there were places that you can go that claimed to teach you how to grasp this, to me the picture they painted was always heavily discolored and smeared by a specific motive or a tainted perspective. So I did it the way I like to do things, directly. I called out. I called this thing I was seeking into my awareness and actions by my intense desire for it, and I didn't stop calling until it came and it's still coming. But here's what I can share. As I could sense it drawing near, it came with manifestations to utilize it. At first, I wasn't good at it, and I wasn't successful in my attempts. There was a control I wasn't holding steady, and that control was fear. Because fear and love are like darkness and light. When fear appears, love has left the room. By the same token, where love abides, fear cannot have footing. And I'll be honest with you, it was a lot harder to begin to find your balance with this than I expected. I'm still finding my balance with it. But even so, 
Every little tiny shuffling step I make makes such a drastic difference. So know as you approach this that even though you seem to be making slow progress, any progress seems to be rewarded exponentially and your efforts are greatly enhanced. Anyhow, so as this drew near me, so did experiences in which it could be used. These experiences had to motivate me, so they weren't what you would call good things that appeared in my life. They were things I desperately wanted to affect to alter their default course. And in the beginning, some did not work out as I'd hoped. Things happened, but not what I wanted to happen. I felt like a drunken wizard with a wand I couldn't quite control or direct. I was getting miraculous, but not the miraculous I'd hoped for. And it was both heartbreaking and frustrating. So, for a while, I had a period of anger and confusion and disillusionment. Please join me in part 12 to see how I began to move beyond this seeming impasse.